Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. I'm so glad you found it. I know there's a million podcasts out there, but this one's ours, and, uh, you know, we own it, baby. We own it. Um, Very, very cool. I'm excited uh, on several, on many, many levels today. We have, um, uh, well, uh, for those who've been listening to the show for the last uh, week or two, We'll know that, um, and I said this on the show earlier, <laughs> that I'm taking the last week of the month off because uh, my sister and brother-in-law are expecting the babies due in the middle of that week, um, but I'm an old man and I've been around a bit and I know that, um, you know, just because they tell you that that's the due date doesn't mean that that's going to be the due date. Um, I don't have any personal experience with that, but I just, like I said, I've been around, man. Uh, babies can be late or early, and it turns out, well, he's there at the hospital right now. <laughs> so we're all very excited with the potential of that happening, uh, but uh, but nonetheless, they I, you know, I texted her. I said, couldn't you have waited a couple days, you know, till you know, like another week? Um, you're messing up my schedule. Uh, I'm kidding. I, I, didn't, I didn't even joke with her about that. I, like I said, I've been around. I, I know not to do certain things. <laughs> um, but we hope all is well. Uh, so we're, uh, believe me, texts are happening in the background. My wife is, uh, you know, on it, baby. She is on it. So, um that's the one level I'm excited about. The other level is we're continuing, we're rolling right along in our weekend film. All of our guests this week have been uh, from the independent film world. And in my opinion, um, I am, you know, yeah, I'm one of those weirdo artists and whatnot, but I like independent film. I like films that make you think, and I like films that eh, do the job, not necessarily um, – you know, with a lot of tricks and, and smoke and mirrors. and Well, actually, they probably do the job with more smoke and mirrors because they, they have to. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about filmmaking and um, his latest film. It comes out July 20th. I like this film a lot. Uh, this is a very cool one that I, I, I really dug. And I was pleasantly surprised with it um, because I thought I was going to have the heebie-jeebies real, real bad. And I did, but I have on a different level of heebie-jeebies. Uh, the name of the film is The Nest, and we have director James Settles on with us today. So without further ado, uh, James, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Um, I will say, at the onset, uh, going into this, uh, my wife, she said, well, what, what film are we watching now? You know, because we usually have a film night uh, or several uh, before shows during the week, you know. And uh, this is, we're at that age. This is our fun weekend now. <laughs> it used to be nightclubs and going out. Now we watch cool movies. Um, anyhow, she saw the cover of your film, The Nest, and she's like, I don't know if I can handle this. And I said, well, okay, I, I get you. You're going to leave me to it, huh? Okay. And um, boy, was this a great movie. I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it, James. Good film. Awesome. That's great to hear. That's great to hear, man. I appreciate it. Now, I, in this film, I don't want to give anything away because I want people to watch it when it comes out. This is coming out next week. Like, you got five days, man. Five days. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're actually we're available right now. Uh, starting uh, July 6th, we had a two-week exclusive with Redbox, and then now we have our wider release oh. coming up uh, this coming Tuesday, uh, July 20th. Nice. Nice. I tell you, whoever invented that Redbox was thinking – that's one of those things – Whenever I see one of those or I see the app, I'm like, why didn't I think of that, man? 
wouldn't have to work at no all. No kidding, right? It's like an easy little kiosk. If you're still in the digital media world, you want DVDs and Blu-rays, that's the way to go. It's about your only option nowadays. But, uh, but no, it was awesome. We, we were pleasantly surprised when we got uh, the exclusive two-week deal with them. Uh, that, was, that was a nice vote of confidence that, uh, that we got from them. Oh, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Now, I am not a horror person. I have friends that are. I have friends I cannot watch movies with because they're like, that guy's pancreas didn't explode the right way. And I'm like, how do you know that? And, and <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, uh, but they'll nitpick a film to death. And uh, they're worse than my sci-fi friends. But and I'm not saying all horror people are just the particular weirdos I know. Um, a few of them. Uh, and I say that lovingly. Uh, but I like a good film. I love a good film. Um, and especially, I have lately, over the last year, I've got this this kind of nostalgic, um, you know, like kind of the, the, the weird Hammer films that came out. They kind of had, you had a few slow burns in them. And they, they, always, they didn't always end on a great note. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just uh, just kind of cool, you know. Um, and I would put – I wouldn't say your film's dated by any means, but I would put it in that more – and I don't want to say highbrow because that, that gives weird connotations. But it's just a cool it, – it's one of those – if you have cool friends, this is one of those films you want to play for. <laughs> you know, because I think you're cool, well, man. Well, dude, cool I, mean, it's, I mean, that's – that's exactly a lot of the inspiration from it. I mean, it's uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm a kid of the '80s, uh, but I love films from the uh -huh. '60s and '70s and '80s. And uh, I think that to me, it's not the nostalgia play per se that you see with like Stranger Things and all these Netflix shows that are out there mm. that are kind of playing off of nostalgia. But it's it's more about a reliance on the art and a reliance on good right. storytelling, and and not trying to rush your way through it. Um, you know, I think one of our biggest biggest issues we have these days is, is everybody's got uh, the smartphones in their hand, right? They got their iPhone and they're they're watching something on uh, Netflix or whatever, and then they're also surfing something on their phone or on Twitter or whatever. And it's our attention spans are so short. And I think it's you know I think it's kind of hurt the, the the filmmaker and the storyteller world a little bit because we're, we're we're trying so hard to keep people's attention. We struggle with it, but uh, but with the Nest. Yeah, this is the kind of movie what I wanted to make when we went in, went into this was a movie that I would want to watch. You know, something that in, in people that I know are clamoring for, which is a playback to the old school storytelling of, of the sixties, seventies, eighties, where it was it wasn't about rushing through it and trying to get to the next mm -hmm. set piece, the next action sequence, but it was about learning about a character that was interesting or a group of characters and, and going on a journey with them. You know, and that's and that's what I, I hope that we succeeded with uh, with the nest in. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the the the, the writing on this I thought was great. Um, I love the uh, the story, and um, you know, I thought it was very relatable. In that, um, I've known people like that that, that have had you know uh, issues and whatnot, overcame them, and uh, just trying to get back on track. You know, I've. <laughs> Believe me, when you're my age, you've, you've known a few people like that, and um, we're all imperfect. You know, every 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 human absolutely. being is imperfect, and you know, and this is a story about a family. You know, a mother, father, and a daughter. They're they're each imperfect in their own ways, and and they're just trying to figure it out. You know, as as any family would do, they're just trying to figure out how to better themselves and keep moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it wasn't. It didn't rely on tropes or any of that kind of stuff. Um, you, you know, you saw this and you were just like, man, um, man, this is, this is, these are problems, <laughs> you know, and they're doing well, the best they can. Yeah. They're doing the best they can. And then the world showed up, um, you know, the, the, the issue, the conflict. Oh baby! Oh baby! So the, the the analogy that is represented with uh, with with the creatures, right? And it's uh, mm -hmm. it, it metastasizes in in different ways. I mean, what's going on with this family? Their struggles. The the mother has uh, past drug addiction. Um, the daughter's having uh, you know issues with uh, separation anxiety. Um, these are all things that uh, Jennifer Trudron, who is the writer on the film. Uh, she has two kids. I have four kids, and so we really kind of pulled from our experience as as uh, as parents 
um, to, to really kind of develop what we think is a, a real representation of what a family struggles can be. And, um, and yeah, and so, so we tried to take all of this, all of this idea of what, what struggles and interpersonal demons uh, people have, and then create a story in the horror genre that, that, that used the creatures as sort of the analogy to represent those struggles that this family has. And, uh, and in some ways, I think the poster, I think the poster is fantastic. I'm, I'm, I love what uh, our distributor and, and their, their uh, marketing department did uh, to represent sort of the idea of the film. But um, it, it's a creature film, but it's more, it's more than that. You know, it's, it's very much a family mm. drama. It's very much, it's, it's truly a film about, uh, you know, the collapse of a family and what, what does that family go through? What does the mother do to try to, to do all she can to hold the family together? And, uh, and then you throw some bugs in there and you have a good time. That's kind of the idea. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This I was watching this and I was thinking, um, no, I've never taken a film class. I, I've never. I'm not in the movie business. I'm just a, a civilian uh, cinephile. I love film um, as an art form. I, I just I can't get enough. I eat it up. Um, but I've taken a lot of art history classes, my minor, and uh, man, I sat through a lot of lectures of, well, this painting meant blah blah blah, and this this shade of blue symbol in this corner symbolized that. I, I could see in a film class this film being pulled apart like that because um, yeah. it is it is you just assume that there's a lot of that going. I don't know if there is or not. Um, usually in art, uh, there there isn't. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I hate to let that cat out of the bag for any art students out there, but usually the painter just was trying to pay the rent, um, buy groceries or something. You know, um, but. <laughs> but it's, it's know, very true. I really I mean, enjoyed it. With, yeah. Well, with, with this film, I mean, there's, there's a lot. And I think to a certain extent uh, with Jennifer Truder and I, when we started collaborating on the script together, she had, she had written this. This was actually her first feature length screenplay. And, and uh, I had just finished another movie and I was looking for the next thing to do. And I just happened to ask her, she, she uh, leases office space from us, a, a cubicle that she writes in. And I just happened to walk by one day and I said, Jennifer, you any feature scripts that uh, you think I'd be interested in? And she threw this to me and uh, we started working and in, in, in developing it into a, a shooting script that we could do uh, with, with the resources and, and budget that, that I could pull together. And um, ultimately what, what I found enlightening and inspiring and, and what was a great relationship with her was that because we have that experience as parents and we really sort of uh, pulled from that to craft the story um, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's therapy because I think that's a little crazy. Uh, but uh, but in some ways it was it was great to get some of these things that we struggle with as parents out on onto the page and then ultimately onto screen, and uh, you know uh, deal deal with some of them in the, in the public light. I guess so. This is these are struggles Absolutely. that every family has. It just it just is. Every family has these these struggles, and uh, this is just a way to kind of tell it in a, in a different uh, in a different way with bugs. You know, and it does, and it works. And I tell you, there's there's so many levels on the, um, you know, it, it's so interesting. I was at uh, recently at a Fourth uh, of July. Um, it wasn't a cock. I, I get barbecue. That's the term I'm looking for. Uh, you know, a group of people. Finally, now that COVID's kind of um, waning a little bit in our area, at least. Um, uh, you know, people are vaccinated; they can get together and whatnot. So this was kind of the first gathering in a year of that uh, for us, and. Um, you know, there, there's always, you know, and, and people always ask me about the podcast and, and people I talk to and whatnot on it, because it's just, it's kind of different. And um, anyway, uh, you know, and I, you know, I was telling them about, you know, this and that. And of course, there's always somebody who thinks, oh, I just, I just like horror. It's just so, you know, blah, blah, it's the evils of society and all this kind of stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, that, that Edgar Allan Poe, he really proved that, uh, that, you know, horror is just <laughs> the downfall of society, you know. Are you kidding me? Come on. You, have you been yeah. to Disneyland? A lot of people stand for a long time in line for those roller coasters. People like to be scared. Yeah, um, it, it just, truly is. I mean, that's very true. And, and as a genre to work within. The one thing that I love about horror is that you've you've got sort of an open play. There's there's expectations, but there's so much room for interpretation, and you can do Absolutely. what we did, where we took 
you know, we took mental illness to a certain extent or, or struggles as, you know, the parental struggles we're talking about. And we just pulled in a creature and sort of used that as the analogy to represent it. And then we just kind of went off and told this, what I think is a really interesting story about a family. So if, if that person would sit down and, and watch this film, I think that if they can separate themselves from the idea that there's a creature, you know, inhabiting some of these people and, 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 and infecting them, uh, if they separate that out, they'll see what I think is a really strong family drama that uh, if you pull the, the bugs out of it, it would still be an equally strong film, but it would just be a different genre. Yeah. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another, a friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rockscare the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Absolutely. And this, this doesn't go as far, which I loved. Um, I love... 
I, I kind of like films where you don't see the monster. You definitely see the bug in this. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, if, if, if Creepy Crawley's turning your toes up, your toes are going to get turned in this one. This, I don't know what kind of – and it wasn't CGI, I don't think. Um, if it was, it was fantastic CGI. Uh, that was a creepy-looking bug is what I'm saying, man. Whoa. Uh, it's it's the, it's actually the, uh, it's actually a vinegaroon scorpion. It's a it's a real bug that exists ah. out there. I think I'm pretty much, uh, I think it's six continents, and it and it's it's a it's a killer looking thing. It's a it's it's a crazy creature. Well, that's creature. lovely to know. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> no, I'm telling you that thing was creepy. Um, and they're out there. There you go. Well, I think people have a a natural aversion to that. Um, you know, I think it's an evolutionary thing, maybe. Um. You know, creepy things can be bad. Uh, it's kind of hardwired into us. But um, with the parasitic and, and, and tapping into the personality of the person, you know, it was almost like an invasion of the body snatchers, but I thought much more subtly done. And I'm not bagging on invasion of, invasion of the body snatchers, one of my favorite films of all time. Um, and that, that end scene with Donald Sutherland Point. And that noise, oh, it can't get better, I don't think. But this almost was in the love, in the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't hitting you over the head with it. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it was much more yeah. subtly done. And I, that to me, that's art. That's a good brushstroke, man. That is cool. You know. So I dug it. Well, and that's and that's sort of, but you know, I, I, ironically, it's my namesake being subtles. But uh, you know, I, I I do like things to be subtle because um, I like there to be the interpretation, and and I also think through the subtlety of this movie, it it's misleading on where it's going. You know, there's there's debate mm-hmm. as you watch the film. You know, is this in the mother's mind? Is this something that? is going right. to end up being a mental illness film, very similar to, say, Shutter Island, for example. Um, but Absolutely. Maybe it goes there, maybe it doesn't. You know, you're, 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 it's a journey that you don't know the end of until you're there. Um, and that's, that's one of the things I love the most about this film is actually the last 13 minutes. I think it's it, – um, I, I think as the creator of, this, uh, of, the, of the end of the film, I, I see it as very poetic – end to to the story that we told um it's heartbreaking um but uh but like i said it, it, that's the reason why i think that if you're not a horror fan you don't jump into creature films still check the movie out because i think i think this movie Absolutely. will surprise those type of people yeah oh yeah oh yeah well now you know like i said it, it's it's on you had mentioned it's on red box and i mentioned it comes out the 20th I'm telling you, folks, get ready. You want to watch this. You want to get it, um, however you do. And um, believe me, it's a good one. It's a good one. I, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, now, on to the business side of things, James. I got to say, and we have a link up to it, fantastic website. One of the best film websites I have seen, and I've seen a lot of them. Fantastic oh, job with that. Yeah, you'd be amazed on how many films don't have a website. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Put something together. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because I've, I've, I try to do one film a year uh, that I produce and, and do in-house. And part of, part of the playbook is you gotta have, you got to have a place people can find out about it that you can at least quickly reference. And uh, it's, right. it's all part of, you know, you, you, you mentioned business and, you know, this is the film business. As much as I prefer the art side of it, there is the business side. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, you got to have the marketing material and you got to have the websites. And, uh, you know, and like I mentioned before, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly uh, stoked with what our distributor did with the poster. There's actually two versions mm. of the poster, and I equally love both. Um, there's the version that's in the red box release, and there's the version that is in the general release, which is the, the, the bugs covering the face of the little girl. And, um, they're just fantastic, and I think the marketing has, has represents the film in ways that I could only have hoped for. Well, see, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Also, I would add to this, I've watched a lot of Pawn Stars in my day and Antiques Roadshow and whatnot. There will come a point in the future where somebody will say, well, you see, this was the Redbox uh, release of this. You can tell by the graphic, and it's worth $15,000, your general one. 
if you hadn't written on it, would have been worth six thousand dollars. <laughs> you know. It's gonna happen. Let's let's hope. Let's hope that that's it. Let's hope because I've I've got probably five hundred of those things stashed in 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 my office. (laughs) That's right. And four kids with you know. Oh man. Oh man. That's it. That's it. That's that's their college fund right there. (laughs) (laughs) Paid for by that scorpion beetle bug. Oh man. Oh. So let me ask you this. Now I um. I don't know that much about insects or whatnot. Uh, I mean, are you an insect guy? Did you did you know this, or did you have to research it down, or did you know somebody that had one of these guys and you said that's what we're going no, we to need is, a bunch of these? Yeah, that's that's the beauty part about the film business is that when you find a story you're going to tell, it leads you down interesting directions that you never expected, right? And so mm. I read this script, and, and one of the challenges was the bucks. How are we going to do the bucks? I don't know how to do the bucks. What are we going to do? And so then, you know, it's hours of Googling and researching and phone calls to effects guys. And, yeah, and then you stumble upon uh, – I, I did a Google search, and I just happened to find this image of these vinegar and scorpions. And the, and the one image that I found, they when they um, – the female, when she lays her egg sac, she actually carries it underneath her, and it's – there's this one mm. photo online that's just the most disgusting thing you can imagine. <laughs> and the idea of hundreds of these things coming out of her. Um, yeah, so I was sold Man. as soon as I saw that image. I, I, found a, I found a dealer out of, I want to say it was uh, Arizona, I believe, is where we, we got the, the bugs from. And uh, we, had, we had one sent, and uh, it was, we played with it on the desk, and it was perfect. And uh, we ended up having two. Uh, for the film, and then there's visual effects work, and there's uh, uh, animatronic stuff uh, that we did to sort of add to the effect, but for the most part, the bug is the bug, and uh, funny enough, those two bugs are now uh, at my house in my son's bedroom, and they're his pets. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, I wanted to ask, because I don't want to give anything away, but I know in the trailer, they, they show the teddy, and that's kind of the vehicle for the bug, and I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school with that, it's in the trailer. Nope. Um, yeah. But that is a creepy-looking teddy bear, man. One of the cool things, you know, the filmmakers that I know personally, um, they always have little mementos around from stuff they've worked on, like in their office and whatnot. <laughs> Do you yep. still have that teddy? I have I have three of those teddies on the bookcase behind my desk in my office right now. Uh, there's, nice. there's the clean version, and then there's the version where it's – gross and the, the belly's opened up and it's the one that has all the animatronic cabling and, and uh, pneumatic stuff built into it. And then there's another one that's just torn apart. No, no, Ricky, wow. Ricky, the teddy bear will permanently be a part of my office. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, it's, it's such a cool, I'm telling you, just watching that and the, the whole story, you know, um, of, of them acquiring him at, at the yards. I love garage sales. If my wife, the rare day she is off on a on a Saturday or something, man, I, I that's a thing we do is is you know I, I have to get her up and and convince her to do it, but we always really enjoy it when she gets up. Is go garage sailing. It's uh, we found a lot of cool treasures, you know, just something to do. And um, I don't know, man, I'm gonna be microwaving everything that I get from now on. You cut might have turned me off on that. Whoa. Um, well, that's. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you, you go to a yard sale, right, and you're picking up things that other people are giving away, and one has to ask yourself, why are they giving them away, hmm. right? And so this was the extension of that. You know, why is there a random pile of, of stuffed animals at a yard sale, but they strangely all have their bellies cut open and stitched up? So what's inside them? Right. That's the question. Ooh. Ooh. I'm telling you. Heebie-jeebies, baby. Heebie-jeebies. What a great, what a great vehicle. I, I just, I, like I said, this is a great film. I want people to definitely check it out. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free if you're a VIP member. You can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. 
This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. Now, I know I've been, I was, I read your, uh, your IMDb uh, biography, uh, page biography, which we do not have a link up to, but if you Google James Suttles, folks, um, and then click on, it's one of the first things that pops up, is the IMDb. Um, you can find out all about James. Uh, he's, he's done all kinds of stuff. You've been making movies a long time. Um, and, and your bio said you, you kind of, since you were a kid, right, you were making films. Yeah, man, I was, I was probably, I think I was 13, the first movie that I made. And this is, this is back before, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not young. Uh, I'm, I'm 40 now. And so, uh, you know, back in like 1993, 94, uh, I was doing my first films and, and I, I got inspired. I was, I was in a movie. Uh, I, I live in North Carolina and uh, mm-hmm. I was growing up and, and a movie came to town that was filming at a summer camp and it was called heavyweights. Uh, it's a Disney film from, I think it was 95. Yeah. It came out and it had Ben Stiller in it. Yeah. And, uh, I and so I was one of, I was one of the kids. Yeah. I was one of the kids that was, wow. that was at the camp and um, you know, just background, just an extra. And but it was it was something as as a 13 year old, uh, my eyes were open cool. to the possibilities of of loving what what you do for work. And um, yeah, I spent I, I think I was on that I think I was on it for like 25 days, and we had food wow. fights and uh, you know fireworks going <laughs> off. And uh, so yeah, that that's the inspiration for me doing what I do. And and to be honest, I I, I people ask me it's like well, 
you know, why do you do what you do? You know, and it seems like hard work. You're always, you know, every film is a new small business. I said, uh, my answer is always the same. It's, it's, uh, I don't know how to do anything else. This is all I've ever done since I was a kid right. and uh, I love it, you know, and uh, I don't want to do anything else. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing the thing. I'm, I'm still playing. That's what I always tell everyone. I'm still playing. And how many people can say that? Not a lot. Not a lot. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about, just in your mind real quick, quick mental exercise. Think about the people you know that are truly happy with what they're doing for work, I mean, you know. And think about the people that bitch about it all the time. <laughs> I bet there's more of them than there are the people that are happy doing stuff. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty inspiring, James, you know. Well, it's, um, it's, it, it, I, I agree with you. It's a, I, I think about all the time, you know, I mean, I love, I love, I love what I do. I love working. Um, I try to have fun too, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been blessed that I'm able to continue doing what I do and uh, loving every day of it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, now in the, uh, the marketing bio that I got that, that comes across my desk and whatnot, I was looking through and two names popped out at me. Well, three really. Of course, D. Wallace. Um, you know how cool is that to be able to work with D. Wallace? That's amazing. Um, but then two other names popped out at me, and I saw a Maple and Piper, and I'm like, hmm, similar last names must be uh, nieces or some such. Uh, so I had to ask. Had to ask. No, Any relation? They are both my daughters. I have I have four I have four kids, three daughters, one son, and um, yeah, oh, wow. it. Uh, they're always in my movies, whether, whether uh, I'm acting <laughs> cinematographer, I always have my kids around at some point and they, they always end up in the background somewhere. And uh, it, it just so happened I produced and, and DP'd a movie uh, last year, well, it came out last year called uh, The Good Things Devils Do, and, and we had cast Piper in a role. Uh, I also have this, I have a, a, there's a running joke with all the crew and, and people that I know that I'm, I'm always killing my kids in movies. So they're always concerned about why I'm doing that and all the horror films that I'm doing. But uh, the Piper, Piper did, uh, she had a role in Good Things Devils Do, and uh, she had a great time doing it. She did a fantastic job. And then, and then when we started casting for The Nest, um, you know, I think we saw 40-something kids that we brought in, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, video auditions. And I was just having a hard time finding the right kid. You know, it's a very nuanced role. Mm. And, uh, and I wanted, I wanted young, I wanted, you know, eight years old. I wanted that, that sort of like before young enough that they're not self-aware yet. And it's hard to find because, yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to find because Mm -hmm. if, if a kid is into acting, they're, they're probably quickly becoming self-aware. And, uh, and, and I feel like you can kind of read that. It's really difficult to find a really good child actor and Maple, uh, Maple is she's a gymnast, um, she's a go-getter, she's a daddy's girl, uh, and I just had a thought. Well, I'll just try it. I'll just give her some pages and, and see if she can do it. See if she's committed enough to to give it a read. And she did. And and I struggled. I mean, it was probably uh, Jennifer Ray, who's executive producer on it, and all the other collaborators, Jennifer Trudrun. Uh, it was a big debate because I, I was really hesitant to cast Maple uh, as, as Meg in this film, but, but ultimately I just, I had to go with my gut and, uh, and then she impressed me because there was a, there was a moment that I came home uh, from work and uh, she had taken it upon herself to, to get the script down and find a new scene and memorize it. And then when I was putting her to bed that night, she performed it for me and she was great. Wow. And so the fact that she showed that much dedication and, and interest it just sort of sealed the deal. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Well, you know, and I get what you're saying, too. You know, I look at a, a classic film like The Shining. Um, that little boy, um, I picked the actor's name. Off the, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it, it doesn't matter. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um he wasn't self-aware yet, you know what I mean? Um, and I think it yeah. adds to the film. Kubrick saw it, you know? Um, so, so he knew what you were going through there. Um, and I think it works. It works real well. She's fantastic in this. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of a hard thing to do if you think about it, folks. You think about it. How old is she, eight, you say? She was, she was eight when we uh, filmed the movie. She's nine now. Wow. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, so do you think she has the, the, the showbiz, uh, the sawdust in her veins now? You think she's going to want to be doing more? Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting question because part of me hesitates at the idea of her doing it just because I know the business. Um, she, she's shown some interest now, now if you ask her she'll tell you I want to act but only in daddy's movies so um, I got so she set me up well, there you go. yeah she set me up there <laughs> that's awesome that means that's a whole lot of work <laughs> she's got a long that's right, life that's right. That's, that's it's, always, it's always a family affair yeah that's that's, it's always cool, a family man. affair for the stuff that I'm doing because it's it, uh, I, I love my kids. I love my family. And, uh, you know, in this business, you work, you know, long hours and you work a lot of days. So it's, I've, I've, this is, this is the trick that I've come up with so that I'm able to see my kids. They're always on set and, you know, and they're in the movie. So I get to see them every day. Oh, that's fantastic. That is, that's so cool. That is so cool. There's so many people that miss so many, I have so many friends that are, that are working, you know, and, and doing great and everything, but, but they miss a lot of that. You know, they, they miss a lot of stuff because uh, they're working. And uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't work, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying figure it out, man. <laughs> figure it out. Take James' yeah. inspiration. <laughs> well, oh, that's cool. Well, man. you know, early on in my career, I was traveling a ton, and, and especially when my kids were younger. You know, I was, uh, I want to say 10 years ago, I guess it was maybe 2010, um, I was doing my taxes, and I realized that uh, I was technically a resident of, of Virginia. Um, Because I had been Mm. in Virginia doing two movies that year. And so, uh, you know, the family, kids were young. So my wife, uh, you know, it was hard for her to get up and and, and be with me uh, in Virginia. So I didn't see them a ton. And uh, and then over the years, I just started realizing, especially in this business, you travel a ton. And uh, that was, that right there is actually the inspiration of why uh, we started the studio that we have here in in the camera grip and lighting rental house. And and then for, you know, awesome. uh, for the pursuit of, of producing, you know, a film a year. I mean, it, it really, it was really out of necessity of trying to kind of calm life and, and enjoy the family, but also, you know, get the creative uh, desires out. That's so cool, man. That is so cool. I was just going to ask about um, filming in North Carolina and whatnot and, and the film business there. Um, I know some states are better than others, Um you know, uh, as far as uh, tax incentives and, and uh, you know, help and programs that they do and whatnot. How is North Carolina? they pretty good? It used to be great uh, up until about six, seven years ago. And then our mm. state legislature and governor at the time killed the film incentives. And uh, we, we don't have a ton. We have a film grant uh, system, which doesn't do much for independent film. Um, it's just the, 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 the minimums are too high and, um, it's just, it's a, it's a difficult process. You know, you right. Georgia is a fantastic state. They, they invite filmmakers left and right. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of states that pursue it and they've made the, their, their incentive programs easy. Uh, North Carolina, you know, used to, but not so much anymore, but I love where I live. So we've just sort of, you know, gritted our teeth and just pushed through and, and, and do it without the assistance of, of those incentive programs. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. I have, I grew up in Metro Detroit up in Michigan and uh, I have some film uh, friends uh, from up in that neck of the woods. And I get same type of deal. It used to be great. And then the, uh, the state just, you know, I, I guess they didn't understand how it worked or how much money was coming in. Um, and especially yeah. a, a city like Detroit, you know, that man, they can use every penny they can get. Um, Oh man, I I did a I did a couple of shoots in Detroit years ago when they had their incentives going on and and I loved there was a, I think it was the Detroit Medical Center they had an entire floor of the hospital that was essentially abandoned but they had left it as is and they just rented it out to film and TV productions and it, it was fantastic you jump on an elevator you you get up there and you you have your hospital set and you just do whatever you want it was it was it was incredible cool. I love shooting there which is awesome if you think about it. You know, hey, we need a gurney. Oh, over here, here's one. Here's 15. Which one oh, do you yeah. want? Yeah, um, yeah. They would always know. just throw all of their leftover, you know, antiquated uh, medical devices. They had a storage room on that floor. They just stack it in there. And then if you were a film production, you came in and you just go in there and grab whatever you wanted. It was awesome. Nice, nice. No, I know I have a, a lot of friends out in L.A., of course, too. And it's it's completely different out there. I need a gurney. Well, that'll be, uh, you know, $500 a day, and we'll need the deposit. As a matter of fact, here, just sign this. What is it? A blank check. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. 
Oh man. Um, yeah, that's, crazy. that's a crazy. whole different. That's a whole different type of filmmaking than what I do. I'm. Uh, I'm. <laughs> when we're producing something, we're you know I produce things for tiny budgets compared to what a lot of stuff is done. Well, that's you know it, I don't want to say no. I again I know nothing about the mechanics of filmmaking um, at all. Uh, but and I hear the term, especially uh, in independent film thrown around, micro budgets and, and whatnot. Your film did it looked like a big thing to me. It did not look like a budget film. Um, I don't know if you had a fancy camera or something, but it worked. Whatever you did looks great. You know. Well, well, well. I appreciate that because we what we spend on our movie. A lot of movies probably spend on their I don't know their their pizza orders for special <laughs> meals or their craft services. Um, and and I say that. Jokingly, but it's 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 a hard fact. I guarantee you. But that's cool though, because you're making something fantastic without having to do that. You know, um, and um, well, I imagine on the one hand it kind of stinks because you have producers now go, well, yeah, but look at the net. Look how great that looks, and you know, so uh, you won't need this much. No, we need it. <laughs> we need it. Yeah. Well, Come on. Well, well, the. the the secret to all of that is I've spent years acquiring, you know, with, with owning a rental house, that makes it a little easier because I already own the equipment, so I don't have to rent it. Um, you know, we have nice. we have a soundstage here. So, so you know, we've built a business around the idea of producing these things, uh, you know, as, as regular as we can. And so that helps us, you know, that definitely helps us. But um, I've also got, you know, a team of collaborators. I mean, we're – I'm in the mountains of North Carolina in Asheville, and um, – you know, there's a lot of creatives beautiful. here, and there's a lot of crew guys. Yeah, just beautiful area. It's, it's inspiring to be here. And um, but but we all desire to be creative and, and, and work on projects that we want to work on. And then and then also just you know we're all friends. We're you know it's relationships. Mm. So uh, we take these films as the opportunity to kind of work together and work on something that's it's not got all the politics behind it and all the, the sort of what I call the corporate culture of some of the, of the bigger films, the Marvel movies and that kind of right. stuff. Um, you know, this, th- th- these are labor of love with friends. It's, it's the best way to describe it. You know, it's uh, uh, everyone is collaborating on this. We've we've done multiple movies together. Uh, Greg Hudgens, who DP'd this film, um, he's DP'd two other films that I've done. Um, he has worked as, as a gaffer because I trade wise, I come come up from cinematography was, was sort of how I got into the business. Um, he's gaffed mm. me. Uh, done for for I don't even know how many films ten twelve fifteen I don't know um, production designer we've worked together on numerous films um, my executive producer Jennifer Ray she's worked with me on numerous things in fact I met her when I was thirteen years old on Heavyweights she was she was a, a a teacher she was a studio teacher on that set and we met and then <laughs> years later we reconnected um, so it's a it's a small world it's it's very much a small world but. But uh, I love doing these movies because it's, it's we're just doing it as a collaborative group and, and um, just a great crew. It's we have a great time and, and and I hope that that comes out in the end result. I hope that that love of what we do and the energy and the positive sort of approach that we take to it as a crew uh, comes out in the end product. Well, it seems to be working. It seems to be working because uh, like I can tell you this, this film is fantastic. Um, and once again, folks, we have links up to the uh, the nextshorrormovie.com. Is the main website. We also have the Instagram page and the Facebook page up there, which are, uh, you know, the Nest Horror Movie. Um, you just put that in and, and link to it. Like and share. Remember, we live in an algorithm world, so if you dig something, man, um, let your friends know. Just hit that share button. And uh, also, I would add, um, on any of these independent films, um, however you watch it, they all have it now. Um, there's usually a little place to leave a comment. You don't have to put a doctoral thesis up. A couple sentences or whatever, whatever you know your thoughts are, helps a lot. It tweaks that algorithm a bit and uh, gets it in front of more people, and and that helps. So you know, um, we like that. That's, be more. That's so. fantastic. That's fantastic advice because the, um, the the biggest issue that independent film has, I think, is finding the audience. You know, it's, mm. it's every movie is not designed for everyone. Um, and so mm-hmm. when you start seeing reviews come up, if it's if it's not the right audience that's commenting, then the film gets buried in that algorithm and then it doesn't find the audience that will appreciate it. Um, 
And I, and I think that's a that's an unfortunate side effect of, of of the digital age is that it's it's given us all more accessibility and it's given us you know creatives the ability to distribute our content, but it's also put up barriers in finding our audience, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, as easily as, as maybe it should be. Well, and with just the, the huge amount too, um, you know, it used to be uh, there wasn't as much content out there. Uh, the waters get muddied a little bit, but man, I'm telling you. Sometimes marketing to, I'll tell you, this happened to me a couple of years ago. I um, I had a gallery approach. I'm a painter by trade. I paint pictures of people for a living. And I had a gallery approach me, and they, they said, hey, we've had a, I get a lot of gigs this way. We've had a cancellation. Um, you know, can you pull together 30 pieces and come do a show? Sure. You know, give me two weeks. And that's what we do. So I did that, and, I, and I'm like, what do you want me to paint? You know, what, do you have a theme or anything? And uh, they're like, no, whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I was on this big film noir kick and, and glamorous women and all this kind of up to no good, you know. So I did all these great paintings. Um, we went to the gallery, set it all up and everything, had the big opening. And usually about halfway through the opening, I've sold at least a quarter, usually about half. And we hadn't sold anything. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I was talking to my wife. I'm like, kind of took her aside. I said, I don't know what's happening. This isn't looking good. <laughs> Nobody's throwing vegetables yet, but, you know. Um, and then I looked around the room for the with eyes for the first time, I guess, and realized it was a uh, an LGBTQ crowd, which, you know, that's fine. If I would have known that in advance, I would have painted something different. But they didn't want to buy big paintings of, of women for their living room. <laughs> you know, it wasn't their market. Right. Uh, so we didn't sell anything there. But uh, a, a month later, we took the show to a different gallery and sold out within a couple of days. So, you know, it's it's just, I hear what you're saying. It, it's It's got to find the right audience. And um, but so I think we, this, we, we definitely... You know, in the digital age, that's what's happened is that we've, you know, we've, we've sort of, uh, lack of better terms, kind of segregated into our, our niche audiences, right? And so mm-hmm. the gatekeepers, they're still gatekeepers. They're just algorithms, right? So, so the idea right. of like the digital age, we sort of open that up. Right. It's, it's digital algorithms are now our gatekeepers. So breaking through to that, that's the, that's the hard, that's the challenge that we all have as, as creatives and artists now. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. Well, again, like I said, this is fantastic. D. Wallace is in it, folks. D. Wallace, I mean, you know, come on, the Howling. Um, she's been in a lot. She's been in a million things, but um, she's she's horror uh, royalty. <laughs> you know, um, that's pretty cool. Did you go through a casting agency to get her? Or did you did you know her? Or send her an Instagram yeah, message so- or a DM, I guess they call it. No, so so basically we um, so every movie I do, I, I guess there's a little bit of that kid in me still, and so I, I have mm. a, a list. It's not written down, but it's in the back of my head of like people I'd love to work with, and it, and the vast majority of them are you know heroes or uh, actors that I you know uh, remember from my childhood. And D. Wallace was whether it's The Howling or or E. T. or Cujo, um, you know to me she's and, and to a lot of people I think she's kind of the quintessential '80s mom, right? Um, Absolutely. but she's just fantastic. Anything she's ever been in, she's just, she's great. Um, and, uh, when we were working on the script, we were kind of thinking, okay, well, part of the business side of this is we've got to get a name of some sort. Right. And so it doesn't have to be mm. a big name. It's just gotta be a, it's gotta be a name that people recognize so that you can help get press and do all that marketing thing to help break the algorithms. Right. And, um, right. <laughs> uh, her name came up. Yeah, her her name came nice. up. I want to say that Jennifer Ray, uh, my executive producer, brought her up, and um, we just have some connections with some casting agents, uh, agencies out of. Uh, uh, I think I think this one came through through uh, through the West Coast, and um, mm-hmm. we made a connection through her manager, and then we sent the script and we put an offer in, and uh, she accepted. And uh, so you know she recently went into town. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and and recently we were talking, and and she said, you know, the the reason I took it was because it wasn't another mom role. She's like, every script I get is a mother. Mm. She's like, what you gave me, you know, was not a mother role. It was something different, and that was really really something that that she wanted to do. And um, and she knocked it out of the park. I mean, it's it's 
she she has a very instrumental role in the film, and it's not what you expect. And right. the the turn, the twist and turns that she takes the character on is just a very very interesting roller coaster. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I loved it. I loved the story of this. I loved all the actors and actresses in it. Um, everything was great. The, the filming was fantastic. Um, you know, man, what a story. What a story. I'm telling you, next walking down the hall and you see Jennifer there, get her a cup of coffee because she she was awesome. <laughs> this is such a good story. Oh, she was. Yeah, no. She's she's fantastic. She's She is, uh, when it comes to a, a prolific writer, she is that. And uh, she she nice. just got done writing another script that we're looking at maybe doing, and it's different genre, um, which which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, but uh, no, I, I, everything that she brought to the table with with the script on this was just fantastic. Wow, it's it's awesome, man! It sounds like I'm uh, how cool you have a whole little thing set up right there, man. That is just fantastic. How cool is that? I uh, I, I want to be up there doing that kind of stuff. That sounds so much fun. Um, very, very cool. How cool. Well, James, I'm going to tell you this. You already know it, man, but, uh, you know, in case you have one of those mornings where you wake up and um, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it today, but it doesn't sound like you have many of those. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, man. they, they pop up. <laughs> I have those days. We all have those days. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, I'm glad to have met you because the next time I have one of those days, I'm going to tell myself, well, James has got, he got up and did it today. So come on, Jamie, get, get into gear. Let's go. Um, let's make it happen. Well, we'll, we'll just, we'll yeah. take inspiration from each other then. That, that's, that's the deal we should there make. <laughs> and I don't even have to work with that scorpion. Hey, so it's a win, you know? Um <laughs> Hey, man, I sleep in the same house as that scorpion, so every night's a little sleepless for me. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Yep, I hear you. I hear you. Well, very cool. Well, I can't wait to see the next project. I know you probably have about three or four of them going, right? At least. Um, There's always, yeah, there's always three or four percolating. It's just a matter of, like, you know, what's the right one at the right time. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't, I haven't a hundred percent decided what the next one I'm going to direct is. Uh, we've got one that we're putting forward, uh, that, that, that I'm going to produce and shoot, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's that creative endeavor, you know, it's finding that, uh, that muse. What is that inspiration for the next one? I, I haven't figured it out yet, but, but it's coming. I'm sure it is. I hear you. That's awesome. That's great news. Cause I, I, I selfishly as a fan of yours, I, I want to see more. Um, very, very cool. Well, awesome. Well, folks, that's going to um, – I kept James on longer than I told him I would. I apologize about that. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for us today. James, you're just fascinating to talk to, you know? You really awesome, are. Awesome, man. Well, it was, Thank you so much. It was, a great, great, it was great to talk to you, too, man. And I, I, I love what we do, and, and hopefully people will uh, love the movie. It's, uh, it, it's a labor of love for all of us, uh, like every project is. But, um, but, man, I really appreciate you having us on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's right, because tomorrow, tomorrow I have uh, Sarah on. And, um, that's right. Yeah, she's, she's cool, and I can't wait to talk to her also. It, she was fantastic in this. Very, very cool. Well, folks, tune in tomorrow to, uh, for that episode. Um, and this one we're going to wrap up. This will be posted as a podcast probably, probably in about an hour uh, it'll be up. We, we push it out on all the social media uh, platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. I know for you, a lot of you people out there don't realize there's a lot. We're on 417 of them. Um, I had no idea there was that many podcasting platforms, but there are, and we're on them all. So however you want to listen to the show, you can, and we appreciate all the people that do. Um, and our advertisers love it too. Be sure to check them out. Use their code. They all have a code for their various products and whatnot. Uh, save a couple bucks, and then you can go over and pick up a copy of The Nest with all that money you saved. How about that? See, we're looking out for you. Very, very cool. James, have a wonderful day and weekend, and I will talk to you soon, my friend. All right, Jim. Appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, well, again, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, we will see you tomorrow. Have a good one. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. 
All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hej, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio. 